Thank you for tuning in to the Far Better Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to please God now, so our eternity is far better. Here is your host, Michael Clark. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for being with me for another episode. Uh, We have gotten our first 10 weeks of Scattered Abroad under our belt and the first 10 weeks of the Far Better podcast on the Scattered Abroad network under our belt. And I am thankful for each and every one of you that have decided to tune in each week and listen to this podcast as well as all the others. I mean, we have got a fantastic team. I think you've seen that over the the first two months and Hopefully, you'll continue to see that as we continue to strive to put forth good material. Today, we're talking about my journey with Crohn's disease and relating it to uh, the Bible as far as I can do that with suffering. Of course, this is not a season about me because I'm somebody that's so great, but it's a season about suffering, a season about the suffering that I experienced, however small it might be, and how God is greater than that suffering. And so today's episode is called First Hospital Visit. I think you know what that means, right? You can pretty clearly understand what I'm about to talk about. But I want to give you all of the information leading up to this. At this time, I had been on the medication that was in pill form, a Filgotinib, and I'd been taking that for a little while. And I'd kind of noticed that I wasn't feeling as great as I normally was. And so I kind of felt like I was on the placebo. And they have to do that in research studies to try to figure out because not everybody is actually sick, sick. Some people, it's a mental thing. And so if you get better on a placebo, you're probably not needing to get the real thing. And so they have these controlled studies that they do to try to make sure that the study is accurate. Of course, that happens a lot of times at the expense of the patients. But hey, we signed up for it. We knew what was coming when we signed on the dotted line to join these research studies. And so I'd been taking Filgotinib for a couple of months, and I wasn't really feeling better, but I wasn't feeling worse necessarily either. Around this time, I had to go to Vegas for a television conference. Now, I know what you're thinking. Las Vegas, that's a horrible place to go. It's not the best place in the world, but I actually was able to worship with some good God-fearing people while I was there and was able to witness some things that were enjoyable and wholesome. I had to look away a couple of times walking down the street as you would have to do and honestly downtown Memphis even. You know, Vegas has gotten a bad reputation, but if you know where you're going and know where not to look and where not to go, you're able to get through that week pretty easily. And this convention center that they have in Vegas is the largest convention center. You know, if you've been to polishing the pulpit at Vegas, It was, I mean, I don't know how many PTPs you could fit inside this place. We got to the convention center early that morning. I believe it was Monday morning, and we walked all day, basically, and we had not seen everything yet. And we didn't leave until late in the evening. But this particular trip, I didn't get to stay the full, you know, week. I had to do a very quick turnaround, and so I'd gone the year before, and I was going back for a second time to kind of look at the new stuff and see what's available and what was out there. And this particular time, I had to come back by Wednesday afternoon class that we had here at the Somerville Church of Christ in Somerville, Tennessee. And so my trip was I drove on Sunday to my father-in-law's house, and then I got in a car. We drove to the airport Monday, 
We flew out Monday morning, got into Vegas, and then walked literally all day Monday, most of the day Tuesday. But Tuesday was rough for this reason. I had to fly out at 11 a 11 p.m. our time, but it was 1 a.m. my time where I was at because we're two hours behind. Uh, or actually, it was I think it was the other way around. I had to fly out at 1 a.m., but it was really 11 p.m. here. And so I got to the airport at 11 p.m. Vegas time. And so I'm already kind of tired from the trip, and I'm thinking, okay, I've got to get home. I've got to shower, I've got to get ready for Bible class, I've got to teach class, and then I've got to do a couple of extra hours of work, and then I've got to be ready for the evening service that we do as well. I wasn't participating in anything that night, but I would always attend the evening services as well. And of course, COVID threw a wrench in a lot of this, but let me take a quick moment and explain to you how we do our Wednesday services. For a long time, we have a a little bit of an older congregation And we had people that couldn't come back on Wednesday evening, especially during the winter, because it was too dark to see. And so we instituted a 2.30 class, and our attendance boosted up by almost 40 people. And so it was a wonderful class, a wonderful idea, and the elders were excellent in in seeing that idea to fruition. And so it had really boosted the congregation here. But we also had evening classes as well for those that had jobs and were able to come out at night and not worry about the weather or worry about the the you know darkness so i get to the airport and i'm starting a new class on a new book of the bible so i was writing my introduction and i put together a little booklet every time i do a class to give to the people participating in the class so they can take notes and have something to keep by the time we're done with the class and maybe it'll help them in their studies so on the way home my five and a half hour plane ride that i had i was up all night working on that now Keep in mind, I'm on a placebo. I'm not on the real drug. We didn't know that at the time, but I wasn't feeling the greatest anyway. And then I literally had barely gotten any sleep, had walked all day Tuesday, most of the afternoon Monday, and now I'm on a plane. It's one in the morning when my flight takes off. And so, you know, you get to the airport two hours early, so I'm working on the plane. I'm working at the airport. I get into Dallas at 6 a.m., have to rush to my gate to make the plane by 7 a.m., to then fly back home to get back home by around 8.45, 9 o'clock. My wife picked me up. We get in the car, and I'm exhausted. I'm kind of wanting to sleep, but I was still putting some of that booklet together, and so I couldn't really sleep on the way to Somerville, which is a little bit of a ways from the airport. And so we drove to our house in, in Oakland. I showered, got dressed, and we came right to the building, and I started assembling these booklets. For the 230 class. Teach the 230 class. Everything went off without a hitch and things are looking great. But I went to one of my elders and I said, Look, I am exhausted. I I didn't get much sleep over the last couple of days. I don't have anything to do tonight. And I did just, you know, attend an afternoon service, if you will, on Wednesday. Is it okay if I go home and go to bed? And I have great elders, and he said, go home. Absolutely. Go home, get some rest, and, you know, you come back when you're ready. So I go home, and I got back to my house around 4 o'clock in the afternoon Wednesday, and I went straight to sleep, straight to sleep. I woke up Thursday morning around, 
I guess, 8 or 9.30, and I could not move. I was in so much pain. And, I mean, I've had Crohn's pain before, and it's not the easiest thing in the world, but usually, you know, you just kind of stop for a minute, you breathe in and out, and it subsides, and you can go about your day. But I kept trying to breathe, and it was so painful, I couldn't even breathe very easily. Doing the exercise that I've kind of taught myself when I have an attack. And so I laid in bed for about 30 minutes trying to figure out if this is just me waking up after sleeping too long or, or what was going on. And I finally decided, okay, I need to get up. I need to go downstairs. I need to sit in my chair and just relax that way, sitting upright, put my stomach back in order, and I'll be fine. And so I get up and I go down the stairs, and it takes me almost 20 minutes to go down 14 steps because I just couldn't move easily. It, it was incredibly painful. So I finally get down there, and my wife immediately sees what's wrong, and she goes, what, what's going on? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to lay down, and I'm just going to see what happens, and we'll be fine. Well, I didn't get better, and I had a fever. And so my wife, being a nurse, uh, demanded lovingly that I am going to go to the ER with her. And so we got in the car, and we live in a place that's about 30 minutes from the nearest hospital. You know, it's not close. And Crohn's pain is even more difficult when you're driving in a car and you're hitting bumps and all these kinds of things. And so I endured 30 minutes of being in pain and also feeling like I was on a roller coaster. And we finally get to the ER, and I was like, I'm so thirsty. I haven't had anything to drink all day. So I bought a, I bought a water and I bought a Coke. And they called my name, and I went back there. And I'm not a big fan of needles. And so the doctor or the nurse that was seeing me, he said, look, we're going to start an IV. I said, okay, just don't tell me when you stick me. And he goes, Mr. Clark, you're going to feel this. And I looked over and it was this gigantic needle. And I threw up. I had to grab a trash can and throw up. And that's exactly what I did. And I said, okay, let's, let's do this. And he goes, all right. And he gave me the IV. I go back into a room, and I, I told the doctor, I said, look, could I, could I just get a sip of my water that I bought? And they said, Mr. Clark, we're not sure if we're going to need to operate on you yet, so we're going to have to hold off on drinking anything or eating anything for now because uh, we need you to be able to go under the knife if we have to. And so you're just going to have to hold on. And I kept asking and asking, and I didn't really feel bad enough that I had to have morphine or anything of that nature. I just felt like I wasn't having the best day. And so they ran all these tests, they did all these things that determined what was going on and go back for a CAT scan and an MRI, and by the time all those tests were done, they gave me some ice chips, and they told me, they said, Mr. Clark, you've had a, a really bad flare-up. I mean, it, it's, it's really bad. And I said, okay, and they said, you're going to need to go to your GI doctor, and I said, well, I'm on a research study, and they said, well, you need to see the people in the research study immediately. and they sent me home. And after getting fluids and all that other stuff, I started to feel a little bit better. I remember going into the hospital, though, thinking, I have no clue what's going on. And all I know is I'm not feeling better. And I was scared to death they were going to admit me or have to do surgery or do something. Because one of the things that is really a concern for Crohn's disease is if they do surgery, and they start to chip away at the small intestine, you're in trouble. 
I mean, eventually it just, it's not good. And so I was terrified that that was what I was going to be told. And I'm, I'm kind of a pessimist, if you will. And I was just the whole time thinking, this is it. This is where it starts. This is the end, you know, of me being able to have somewhat of a normal life. And that's not, again, you know, I have to make sure to clarify this with people. That, that's not the worst type of suffering in the world. I can't tell you that I know what it's like to have cancer, uh, you know, to, to deal with difficulties where my body doesn't even work like it once did. Or, you know, you fill in the blank. I mean, there's so much suffering out in the world that you could say is greater than what I've dealt with. But all I know is what I know. And all I can give you is my experience. And what I can tell you is this, the Lord is still there even when you're hurting, no matter how much or how little. You look at Psalm 27, verses 1 through 5, and the Bible says that this is a psalm of David, and it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Now, I don't know what it's like to have an army encamped about me. I don't know what it's like to have enemies coming at every side and and trying to destroy me. But what I do know is if it's true that God protected David when that was his circumstance, that God can take care of something as small as Crohn's disease and that he can see me through. And that God can take care of whatever suffering you're experiencing. And he can see you through. See, that's the thing. The world wants you to believe that because suffering exists, God must not be real. He must not be in existence himself. But they've not read the Bible. Because I don't read people like David who are dealing with an army surrounding him, wanting to kill him. And I don't see him coming up and saying, yeah, I'm out. God evidently doesn't care about me. It's in those moments that they leaned upon the Lord. We talked about that early on in this season, about 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, casting all our care upon God because he cares for us. And that's what it's all about. If I go into the hospital tomorrow, if I die right now, it's far better. Because I serve a God that is greater, I serve a God that will preserve and keep me and take me away from this life of pain and suffering and agony into an eternity that is far better than the one that we have here. And that's why we have to live for God now, to please Him now, so that our eternity can be far better, so that we can say with confidence, no matter what your lot in life is, God has my back. And that is something that I needed to realize even today. 
And I think you can agree. You probably needed it too. Next week, Lord willing, we're going to talk about uh, the next episode of the Far Better Podcast, which is Antibodies Stink. And so I hope you'll tune in then. Don't forget about our giveaway. Don't forget about following us on all of our social media channels. Uh, The links are put down in the show notes below. Don't forget you can contact us. You know, email us. Give us your feedback. And it would be really great if you would take a moment and review this podcast. Subscribe to all our other podcasts. We have a master feed. If you want to subscribe to the master feed, just type in Scattered Abroad Network into your major podcast platform, and you're good to go. But leave us a rating and a review. It helps us tremendously. Join our Facebook community. We would love to have you as a part of that. But always remember to please God now so that our eternity is far better. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.